Hey, what's going on? It's Coach Johnny. Welcome back to the Performance Plus Podcast. I am joined again by Dr. Zach Long. Today, we're talking about a word that half of the population can't say, and that is hypertrophy. Uh, you know who can't say it? Pamela. Pamela Gagnon cannot say hypertrophy. I can't even remember how she says it. I wish I could pronounce it the way she did. But every time she says it, I'm just like, I can't talk to her for 10 seconds. It's so funny. It's so funny because she knows exactly what it is. Uh, She knows a lot about it. But she just like, if if you're like, no, it's hypertrophy. She's like, "Ah, whatever. Like, just it, it drives me nuts. But at the end of the day. When yeah. we get done, I'm going to text her and ask her to send me a video of her second We will cut it into the end of this one so everybody can see it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. Hypertrophy. So uh, let's start first. What Define hypertrophy. Hypertrophy is just the growth of the muscle fibers. So basically making your, your muscles look bigger. So in humans, muscles get bigger by the individual fibers actually growing, not by us adding more fibers to our, our body. So it's just those, what we have getting bigger, essentially. Side question. How can we actually create more fibers? Or are we genetically limited to the fibers that we have? For the most part, we're pretty much genetically limited. I think there's been some recent research that has shown, shown some hyperplasia or the growth of more muscle fibers. But I, I think we're pretty limited there. That's, I had an interesting discussion with a PT from here the other day who is convinced that there's some mechanism out there that we haven't discovered yet by which you could actually lay down more fibers. But uh, I, I could see it happening, but it's probably going to be some weird genetic modification stuff or like weird stem cell injections of that, some that's sort. What I think what he was getting down the road of was like, there ha- there's drugs out there, CRISPR, like there's ways to do it. And he's on the camp of he wants to be the first person to try it because he wants to get bigger. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hypertrophy um, is huge in the bodybuilding world, right? Like that's pretty much what people are doing is just trying to, to gain mass. Uh, what's the importance of hypertrophy for CrossFit athletes or powerlifters, Olympic weightlifters? So for CrossFitters, powerlifters, Olympic lifters, a bigger muscle has the potential to generate more force. A bigger muscle does not necessarily mean that it will produce more force. So if we think of like a bodybuilder versus a powerlifter, bodybuilder probably looks more muscular even two bodybuilders and powerlifters, same height and weight, the powerlifter is probably stronger. They're better at using the muscle fibers that they have to produce force, but it will have more potential. So if you want your squat to go up, building bigger quads, bigger glutes, and then performing the right training afterwards to then kind of what we call realize that potential will then potentially help you squat more weight. Plus you tend to look better which is what most of us actually really care about. Follow up on that question. Uh, if you're just trying to look good, do you need to train anything outside of hypertrophy or should you just be in a constant state of hypertrophying different muscles in your body? So, I mean, I think if you walk into a CrossFit gym and you walk into a bodybuilding gym where people focus on more hypertrophy-based training, I think most humans want to look like what more people in CrossFit gyms look like. So if I was, if most people came to me saying, Hey, I want to look good, have a good beach body. I'd actually say you should probably do more of a CrossFit style training routine than a bodybuilding routine. If your goal is to have as much muscle mass on as possible, and that's the look that you're going for. Yeah. You probably need to follow something very specific to that. goal. There's a lot of debate about this, but 
to accomplish hypertrophy in the human body, is there an ideal rep range in loading? No. Well, so the, the loading is going to be anywhere over 30% of somebody's one rep max. But really the key with, with creating hypertrophy changes is going to high levels of fatigue. So there, we used to think that there was this like hypertrophy rep range between six and 12 reps. And now we know that you could take your 30% of your one rep max and just lift it. It's going to take you 40 or 50 reps to get fatigued. But as long as you take it to, you know, two or three reps away from failure, you're going to create the same hypertrophy effect with that light load that you would with lifting 70% of your one rep max for 10 reps. So in general, when we're thinking hypertrophy, I'm, I'm thinking about three things. Number one, I, I want people lifting heavy. So that's going to be them at times lifting over 70% of their one rep max, trying to build up more overall strength. We want to um, break down the muscle fibers themselves with mechanical tension. So that's going to be like um, doing slower lifts under relatively heavy load, where we're focused on like going into a stretch position, slow eccentric, increased time under tension. And then we want to get what we call metabolite buildup. So that's the, the muscle burn that you feel. So most of the people that, that follow Performance Plus are, are CrossFit athletes or, or very similar styles of training to CrossFit. What they typically see in their workouts is they see the heavy stuff. They're coming in one day in the gym and it's, you know, once a week they're doing five by five back squats at 75%. So they're getting the heavy load. They're also getting the, the metabolic buildup. So they're doing... Um, uh, a workout that has thrusters and running where when you run, your heart rate's getting jacked up, you're, you're depleting oxygen in your body a little bit. And then you go and do thrusters where now your legs in a low oxygen state are having to squat repeatedly and your quads are going to burn like crazy when you do those thrusters. That's the metabolite buildup. So they kind of get those pieces of the equation on the hypertrophy standpoint down. And that's why we see cross centers not lifting that heavy super often but still, if you take a, a skinny athlete, put them into CrossFit for a few months and have them eat appropriately, we'll see that person put on some muscle mass. And it's because of those two effects. What we typically don't see CrossFitters do is, is kind of the third thing there, the, 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 the tension position, the time under tension. So when they do their five by five squats, they're doing those fast. When they're doing those thrusters, they're, they're super, super fast. They don't you know, regularly take time to move slow and get increased time under tension and training volume on the muscles that they want. So that's one big thing that, that CrossFitters could change if their goal was to be have a little bit more hypertrophy. The second thing is that they don't do a whole lot of targeted work to bring up the specific muscle groups that would help create a more uh, muscular physique. Like if you want to look bigger, there are a few areas you can put muscle mass on that will drastically change what you look like. Upper trap, shoulders, arms. And I think that's what, what most people want more of. And so we don't isolate the upper traps very much. They just get some work with our deadlifts and our Olympic lifts, but, you know, doing some shrugs, some upright rows, some lateral raises, things like that to put a little bit more focused volume on that area of the body can have really good effects on somebody's aesthetics. So what I heard here is that if I do a heavy five by five back squat and then follow it with like some tempo front squat work and then finish the day with Karen that my legs will accomplish all three phases of uh, training for hypertrophy. And then I could just use CrossFit to so hypertrophy myself. That's a hypothetical workout that, that to be honest, is probably not going to work out very well because by the time you're tired from the heavy squats and you do the, the tempo work of the front squats, your ability to then 
do something like Kieran is going to be significantly diminished. So we're going to really get in the way of your fitness if we program like that. Like it's just too much volume. So for CrossFitters, it is fairly difficult to add in hypertrophy work because you have to be really cognizant of your first goal is to push your fitness forward. Your second goal then is, is hypertrophy. So that to me means we've got to do a really good job of choosing the right exercises and intensities to where we're not overloading the body. And we can't just always throw more squats in if our goal is leg hypertrophy. So we have to be a little bit more creative and we're doing some leg extensions or, or sissy squats, things that, that add more training volume to the muscle groups, but aren't near as, as physiologically fatiguing so that, you know, we, we can't work out again tomorrow. It's a challenging thing to do. Yeah. And how much, how much specificity from muscle group selection, we'll call it, or, or muscle group targeting uh, is important for hypertrophy outside of just aesthetics, right? So you're talking about using it as a way to moderate volume, but then strength, thinking from like a structural standpoint for a CrossFit athlete who, you know, needs to do big movements, if they start hypertrophying the rectus femoris too much because they like a certain exercise, is that going to create some other problems around, you know, movement, knee pain, uh, whatever? Potentially. Um it's not going to be big on my like worry list. Like I don't really worry about anybody building fitness of any tissue up. You know, that small percentage of people have enough of an imbalance already. Like take somebody that, that, uh, that has a really quad dominant squat pattern. When we go and put even more quad hypertrophy on them, what's going to happen? They're, they're going to stay a little bit more balanced that way. So I'd rather kind of rebalance that person and give them more glute hypertrophy work. Um, but I think for most of us, it's, that's probably not that important in terms of injury prevention. I think it probably is more important in terms of like performance if you already have some some little imbalances on board already. Um, how would you uh, how would you incorporate uh, hypertrophy work into somebody that into somebody's CrossFit diet? We'll call it. Uh, is it? pre-workout, post-workout, is it uh, a, another accessory strength piece? Like, what is the ideal situation? To me, when I'm programming this most of the time, this is post-workout. So let's do the, the stuff that is 90% of, of what you need to be focusing on is the CrossFit daily wad, the improving general physical fitness. Let's get that in. And then at the end, let's put a little bit of extra work in there. So that's really going to also depend on kind of what are we focus on hypertrophy? Like if, if it's quads or glutes, some really big muscle fibers, I'm probably going to put a little less volume on it. So maybe that's only two or three days a week. We're doing one to two extra exercises that are a little bit more isolation in nature for those muscle groups, but still like your quads and glutes after they've been taxed really well in CrossFit, that's going to have a bit of a uh, extra fatiguing effect on you. It's going to get in the way of you being able to recover for tomorrow's workout. If we're talking more about like the arms, our arms get worked in CrossFit, but they don't get smoked in most CrossFit workouts. Like sort of if you got rhabdo doing Murph, like I did this year. Really? Oh, um, shit. You're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. we'll talk, we'll talk about that. Let's um, you, you don't really ever leave a CrossFit workout thinking, good gosh, my biceps are sore. You feel that about your quads or your lower back, your glutes quite frequently. So those are muscle groups that, that I think we could probably hit more frequently. So like you'll see in our, we have a hypertrophy accessory program in Performance Plus that's 
um, four days a week, 10 to 15 minutes of work at the end of workouts that focuses on the upper traps, the shoulders, the arms. And so two to three days per week, you're hitting, you know, like a 10 to 12 minute AMRAP or four or five rounds for time that hits those muscle groups. It adds a little bit of volume to them, a little bit of extra time under tension, focusing on contracting that, that muscle group, but not so much that it's now blocking you from the next day's work. As far as programming hypertrophy for overall strength development, I guess we probably have to look at this maybe a little bit more from a powerlifting perspective or Olympic weightlifting perspective than necessarily CrossFit. But um, is there uh, a way we want to program this in sequence? I mean, I, I think textbooks always say to start with hypertrophy work and then, you know, work into heavy or heavy sets are kind of the end, right? So then we have so, this middle period where you're working on strength. Are we talking within a session or within like a whole training block? Like a block or cycle. Like let's say uh, like you have a meso cycle and your end goal is going to be to add strength or add weight to a back squat. All right. So let's say six months from now, you got a competition coming up that you're training for. Like I'm probably going to start you out early on we're going to do more hypertrophy, general physical preparedness stuff. So like your squats are going to look like five sets of 10 at 50% of your one rep max over the course of four to six weeks. That gets a little bit heavier, a little bit less volume, but still overall, we're working at, at pretty high volume. This is going to be a little bit more hypertrophy focused over that block. Then we spend a couple of months going from, you know, we started at five by 10 at 50%. We build that up to where we're doing, you know, sets of 10 at 65, 70% months two, three, four, we're now working up until, you know, we're in five by five at 75%. We're working up into 85 and maybe into getting close to 90% for some lower volume. And then when we get really close to that competition, that last four to six weeks, that's when we're hitting a lot of singles and doubles and maybe triples at 90 plus percent. So we're getting more specific as time goes on. For me though, when it comes to within session, that's where I, I typically am going to have my main lift, an accessory lift that I know really drives that main lift. So let's, let's take the deadlift, for example. We deadlift, then we do a Romanian deadlift as our accessory exercise. We know if your RDL goes up, your deadlift is going to go up. And then I'm typically going to program a couple of exercises, no matter which of those blocks we're in, that are a little bit more focused on what muscle groups specifically we need to bring up. From maybe, maybe a bit more of like a hypertrophy loading standpoint of just trying to get volume. So for the deadlift, that's doing some... Uh, reverse hypers that's doing some hyper 45 degree hyper extensions that's doing some snatch grip ghd hip extensions to build up the back the glutes the hamstrings etc so let's make it hard so let's say uh i am a crossfitter and i do have some time to where i'm thinking more uh a little bit more complicated than just doing the class workout. And that's probably not most of the people that we're, we're working with in performance plus, but, um, and I want to incorporate these concepts into CrossFit. How do you balance that from a volume standpoint? So we're not getting injured. And then, uh, from an effectiveness standpoint or efficacy standpoint. Yeah. So, so if we want to keep it really simple and not go super down in the weeds, let's take our strength work and let's add tempo to it. Let's increase the time under tension for that work. So, when five by five is programmed, instead of dropping down into the hole, bouncing out of the hole as quickly as you can, standing up as fast as you can, let's take three seconds to lower down in each rep. Let's pause for a second at the bottom, then stand up as fast as we can. That's step one. Step two, we, we get the general fitness in in our Metcons. And then step three is for the specific areas we're trying to hypertrophy, that's finish off that at the end of the workout with some high volume, essentially pump work. So let's say it's your quads. You're going to have a day where you do 100 banded leg extensions. 
you're going to have another day where you do, yeah, you do three sets of 15 sissy squats or you do some slant board step downs, just things like that that aren't going to be seriously fatiguing, but will add a little bit of extra volume and time under tension on them. Uh, how important for the average person out there is incorporating some hypertrophy work into their fitness diet? We, you, we, we know less important than just general fitness, right? But like, yeah, if, if there are some specific weak points, so let, let's say when you squat, you, you always have like a good morning squat fault where your hips shoot up fast, which um, is a, is a indicator that maybe your quads aren't as strong as your hips, then, then maybe doing some extra work there could help you out. But for the most part, I, most people listening to this, I'm going to say, let's just stick to the CrossFit main workout, unless you have, you know, some really specific aesthetic goals that you want. If you do have a good morning squat, uh, you should go download, uh, or check out our master the squat diagnostic algorithm that's going to come out soon and, uh, learn how to start fixing that. So, and learn how to assess it too. Uh, is, is uh, BFR occlusion training, is that a shortcut to hypertrophy or another way of skinning the cat? Is that a valuable thing for somebody out there? Yeah, it's another way to skin the cat. So it's essentially going to blood flow restriction training is where we exercise and we use different devices to restrict the amount of blood flow going into a limb. And that creates a, a bit of an exaggerated hypertrophy response to where we get more fatigue quicker. And so it creates pretty similar hypertrophy effects as, as heavy lifting does, but with really, really light loads. So to me, it's just a different way to get after it for, for individuals like you and I, if you're injured and you can't tolerate heavy loads, then it is a really good thing to do, but that's a, that's a really deep rabbit hole for us to go down. So if you want to know more about blood flow restriction, there's, four or five articles on the barbellphysio.com that you could check out. And we have a free ebook on that as well. That kind of really outlines the science and how to do it and that sort of stuff without us chatting about it for an hour. Cause it's, it's a really deep rabbit hole. It is a deep rabbit hole, just like hypertrophy, right? Like, I mean, yes. if you want to go get eight strength coaches and talk about hypertrophy, they're all going to get in an argument about, you know, all kinds of really nerdy details that they've uh, like got over the years. So yeah, uh, it's funny how much we don't know there. It is. It is really funny how much you don't know. Uh, if you do want to go down a rabbit hole, at some point, we'll talk about that on the podcast. So join us on that episode, but that's not today. Uh, so you over-hypertrophied your biceps, essentially, during Murph uh, this year. You can yeah. wrap those. Yeah, so I've been, uh, I've been doing a little bit more bodybuilding-focused work lately. So for me, it's a lot of tempo strength work and slightly easier metcons that... Because of how much tempo work I'm doing, I'm typically kind of trashed by the time I'm finished with like three tempo strength exercises. So I've been doing a ton of strict pull-ups, not a lot of volume of them. So like uh, prior to Murph, the, the six to eight weeks beforehand, I probably hadn't done more than 30 pull-ups in a workout because they were all weighted pull-ups, low volume. So I did Murph with the weight desk for the first time. And I tried to keep up with the, the wife of the gym owner during Murph, which was a horrible idea. And... Um, I PR my Murph in my first time ever wearing a weight vest. So I'm super proud of my performance, but I spent the rest of the next week not able to fully straighten my arms out. Did you, so did you have to fun. go to the hospital? Did you get the creatine? No, I, I okay. I, I've seen this enough clinically um, that I know like I, I wasn't in any danger of like renal damage or anything like that. So I just, it was self-diagnosed. I've caught it several times in athletes, so I kind of knew that I had it in my own case. But yeah, it's it uh, it's really amazing 
how many times people can rabdo and not know like i i've rabdo two or three times uh early on in my crossfit career and just didn't know it was that right you're like oh my biceps are really sore uh and i can't straighten my arms all the way out and it's been a week and you're just like whatever move on and at that point uh pamela and i were talking about this the other day the dark ages of crossfit back in like oh nine people would just like that was a badge of honor like i can't straighten my arms out go do more pull-ups so uh it's interesting to see that I've we've had a couple people abdo where they you know get on the GHD for the first time ever and then you know try to do Tabata as fast as they can for ten minutes or something like that and it just every time they end up in the hospital so it's glad I'm glad that you weren't there I'm glad you just PR'd your Murphy and got jack biceps so uh, very cool so for you guys that are listening to this that uh, are like me and you just need a plan to to execute something and you're interested in getting bigger and getting maybe some more aesthetics uh, that around your arm shoulder straps um, make sure you check out our, our hypertrophy plan in performance plus it's great uh, I've done it once before I'm actually gonna do it again because uh, I'm all skinny from doing a triathlon and I want to look like I work out again so uh, it's it's an awesome way of attacking this and not having to go uh, get really diagnostic in how to program your stuff so uh, any articles on barbell physio that you think people should check out for hypertrophy yeah I think I think I have two hypertrophy articles there one is on like how do CrossFitters see hypertrophy? Like how do the mechanisms that we talked about earlier? The other one is just in general, what are the what are the three things that lead to hypertrophy change in the body? I think there's two. Awesome. Check those out. I've written so many articles. You what? <laughs> I've written too many articles. I can't keep track with what I've done in that. Do you, do you know how many articles you've written? Uh, I went through earlier this year and cleared out ones that needed to be deleted that were out of date or I'd written better updates to. And, and at that point, it was 200. That was just on the barbellphysio.com so that doesn't count what we've written on Performance Plus or what we've done on uh, CrossFit Journal or other publications like that. So I would bet it's probably over 250. Damn. That's a lot of publishing, man. For a kid that, that failed his elementary school writing test, I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> Do you ever think about hitting your teachers up and letting them know, like, look what I've done? No. 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 <laughs> I just think it's an interesting thing because, oh, here's a tangent. Um, you know, people are meant to do certain things and not meant to. I'm not a fiction writer. I cannot sit here and write an article about like describing, um, I had to write an article, this is why I failed on describing my favorite outfit. I don't care about describing that, but I can write to you about the science of hypertrophy. That's easy. It's just very different how, how people's brains work differently. Is that a desire thing? Like, uh... no, it's I can't. Like, I don't understand I don't, I tell my wife all the time, I don't understand colors. I'm not colorblind, but I don't understand like what colors match and what don't. So I can't describe stuff like that. I can't, I can't paint a picture with my words. And you don't have to paint a picture with your words if you're describing what hypertrophy is, just what it is or what it isn't. It's science, science and history, I can write about because they're fact. Abstract yeah. stuff okay. makes no sense. It's fact. I get that. That's fascinating. I, like it's neuroscience and the way like our brains are work and the variants and all of them is amazing. Uh, but it's just, uh, it's just interesting to think that like, if I asked you to write a beautiful oration on, you know, your favorite outfit that it would just come out terrible. Cause I'm so used to reading things on the website that yeah, I write. No. So <laughs> we should try that sometimes. Zach's, awesome. Zach's attempt to, to colorfully describe <laughs> it's wardrobe. Uh, well, very cool. Thank you guys for uh, tolerating that conversation on, on sex writing skills. Uh, 
again, make sure you follow Barbell Physio Performance Plus Program on Instagram. Uh, check out the hypertrophy program on performanceplusprogramming.com. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about uh, injuries uh, and when you need to modify and when you need to scale. Uh, thank you for joining us. Have a good day.